Serious XM Radio, please let's get in depth <laughs> with Larry Flick. Hello, Larry Flick. You just don't just say old bitch. Just say old bitch. I like old. I was gonna say old bitch. I'm like, I, you wear might my, get I wear my gray with pride. Bitch. I was like, I, wear I my don't. Age and my gray with pride. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to offend him on his first episode, but I did type in old bitch. Oh, first. please, old bitch, old handbag. Come on now, bring it. How you doing, Larry Flick? How's, how's it going? Are you excited for this? Everyone is it's- so excited to hear from you. I'm really excited to be doing this. I've honestly, I've been up for hours. I'm, I've done my laundry. I've made oh, really? my bed linen. I've, girl, I've, she has been up for hours getting ready. <laughs> now, now, how have you been? Uh, this is your first episode here officially as a co-host on RuPaul's Drag Race. Recap. I know. I don't. I don't have to yell at my phone anymore. Yeah, you, <laughs> people can yell at me now. <laughs> yeah, people can yell at your phone. The phone, yeah, they can yell at you. Now, we should let everybody know because we talked about this on a Patreon episode, but I want to talk about it here for everybody who's listening. Is you have a new role okay. at the Sirius XM Radio, right? You have a show called In Depth. I do. It's a digital show. It's mm-hmm. uh, five days a week, weekdays, mm-hmm. and it goes up. If you have a Sirius XM uh, account, you can listen to it on demand. But here's the thing. Yeah. If you follow me on social media, mm-hmm. at Larry Flick on Twitter or Facebook, I post a free listening link uh, oh. every single day. Oh. So you can listen for free. So you can listen for free because every single day you post a free listening link. And I'm going to yes. – we we'll, and we'll get into this because you know – here's the thing, everyone. If you don't – how do you not know who Larry Flick is? Legendary uh, broadcasting oh, icon Larry Flick. But if you don't know who Larry Flick is, this bitch knows all of these – the people we're going to talk about, Larry's interviewed most of them, right? And I so, know a lot of these queens. You I know, know a lot of these, a lot of these queens. queens. I was, when I saw this Latrice dancing around with the flags, I was thinking that Larry interviewed her right before she did this. So he, he knows. Yes. He knows what's yes. going on here. I've interviewed, I've interviewed, I've interviewed Latrice about four times. Mm-hmm. I'm actually very good friends with Latrice's husband, Christopher. Yeah. And um, so, yes, yeah, so actually, I did talk to Latrice right before she flew to L.A. to do uh, to do All Stars. Yeah, so you're going to have particular insight. But, you, but the point is, when you, we see free listening links, yeah, you're going to get interviews, you know, with uh, this Matt Dillon I saw the other day you had on. and you Yeah, had, Matt Dillon was yesterday, yeah. Yeah, then you have on uh, a bunch of people. I'm like, oh, my God, i got to listen to this episode. But you also have the queens from the show, as we've told in other episodes. Yes. You've interviewed Aquaria. You've interviewed Shangela. You've interviewed Sharon Needles. Like you said, you had Latrice. You've had Ben De La Creme. I mean, you get them all, the icons in the room. Yes. And, you, and you're going to post these free listening yes. links. We're working on getting Alaska in January, oh, and um, and and Ginger in February. Mm. Ginger Minge. Yeah, so you see, so so follow Larry at Larry Flick on Instagram and Twitter, correct? Uh, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Yeah, yeah, at Larry Flick, and and look for those free listening links for SiriusXM Radio, and you'll so you're going to get even more yeah. Larry Flick than you get here. 
Now, but Larry, <laughs> how has your week been? You said you've done laundry. You've uh... it was a great week. It was a draining week because you know we do we I do multiple interviews all week long, mm-hmm. and then we kind of pick the day, pick the interviews to share on certain days and stuff. I know. So it's just a lot. It's just a lot of work. It's also the last push before the Christmas break, and mm-hmm. no things are. Things are great, but things are busy, 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 busy. I know, but I always and I've been. Can I tell you the truth? Yeah, I've watched. I watched the the sneak peek of All Stars Four on my phone and on my work computer about twenty times. Why? I am the original super fan, so I've been watching this and, and just like losing my shit. So I can't wait. So you're really, I can't wait to hear what you have to say. But I want to, have, I, I feel so bad for this Larry Flick. Like he's nice right now, but whenever I have to call him in the middle of the week <laughs> and he answers, he's like, what? And I'm like, yeah, do you think we can do the show? And you can tell it's like he's in, he's in between interviewing like Meryl Streep and, you know, somebody else. And I'm like, can you come on talk about drag queens for a little bit? You can tell he's just like, oh, this fucking bitch. Uh, <laughs> I don't do that. And I'm like, can you bring your microphone everybody. and make sure your headphones don't go into your beard? I only do that like, to you. I only yeah. do that to you, darling. Yeah, but are you like going kiss, like, kiss. I'm friends with Madonna, and this fat pig in California is telling me not to have my earphones in my beard. Is that what is that? I know, it's true. I'm trying really, am I brushing against it yet? No. I'm trying not to roll around my bed like you told me before we started to talk. <laughs> well, not without me there. <laughs> Ow! Now, by the way, before we get into it, what be, I want to get I want to jump right into the show. We have so much to discuss. But really quickly, oh, what are so your much. thoughts on this uh uh it looks like we're going to have RuPaul's Drag Race all year because they're filming in March for the BBC RuPaul's Drag Race. And so, are yes. your husband so excited for this? Are you so excited for the British take on the show? I am. I'm curious to see if they're going to. I don't know yet. Maybe you do. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't heard yet if they're going to bring the British queens to America to film in the oh. American studio, or if they're going to replicate the studio in the UK and bring the whole team there. I suspect they're going to bring them to L.A. because Rude does not like to exert himself. You're right. I didn't even. I did not even think of that. Now look, you and I could both go on like this show could. We could ignore this episode and do an entire recap from heart, from memory of this great British baking show. But oh my god, yeah, totally. I'm not gonna even. I'm not gonna even go there. I can't. I can't. But. Um, my friend pointed out that it's so – because I was talking about the brilliance of the Great British Baking Show is they only film it on the weekends, which allows them to get real people and right. because they live their normal lives and not trying to be on TV. And my friend Adam was like, yeah, but you can do that in England because the, the country is so small. They can just get to this place by train you know, every weekend. Where in L.A., you can't right. have people from like Michigan going to L.A. every weekend. So um, – but the reason I bring that up is England is so small, they would I mean, they have trouble keeping the spoilers in now. So imagine if they're in sure. England, it would all of England would know who won immediately. Well, I I think <clears throat> I think they're gonna bring them to LA because like yes. I said, Rude does not like to exert himself. Yeah. Um and and I think that they're what they people are gonna want in Britain is a complete recreation of the iconic show. Um, they're not going to want it to look or sound too different. Otherwise, it won't really work. I think it, I think it's going to succeed. I think it, because the, what people don't realize is that Britain has got a remarkable drag scene. Mm-hmm. Britain has a drag scene to, to to compete with New York. 
mm-hmm. which has one of the best drag scenes in the world. Yeah. Um, and but Britain, Britain is really you know, and Britain has become regional in their drag very much the way New York has and the way Florida has. Uh, so you have a very specific London look mm-hmm. versus what's hot in Manchester yeah. versus like a Liverpool queen. It's a very it's a very interesting world out there. Yeah. Well, let's jump. Look, guys, if you're listening live, and you're not, this is what you can expect to hear from this Larry Flick. Like he has all the tea. I, by the way, I, yeah. I want to tell you, yeah, go ahead. That I've actually done some homework for you today. So before we before we finish today, mm-hmm. I'm going to dispel Uh-oh. the mythology of season seven. <gasps> Oh, you know what? That's something How's that for a I'm, tease? I'm glad you. Yes, I'm glad. That's a good tease, and I'm glad you brought that up. It was something I was thinking I, about. I, I have actually done some reporting. So mm-hmm. I used to be a reporter. Yeah, I've done some reporting, mm-hmm. and I have numbers to oh, back it up. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Well, with that, let's jump right into it. This week, a brand new set of All Stars walks into the workroom to take another chance at snatching a crown. The All Stars participate in a reading challenge. Gia Gunn brings the shade. Monique Hart brings the brown cow. Jasmine Masters only brings pantsuits. Valentina didn't bring her eyebrows. And the contestants all participate in a variety show that strangely had little variety. After the variety show, RuPaul named Trinity the Tuck <laughs> and Monique Hart as the top two queens, while Pheromone and Jasmine Masters were placed in the bottom two. After a lip-sync battle for their legacies, Trinity Taylor beat out Monique Hart for the $10,000 tip and also used her win to send home Jasmine Masters. Larry Fleck named two things you liked about the episode and one thing you did not. I um, really like this cast a lot mm-hmm. I think that this cast is on par with all stars too okay um, there are a lot there are a lot of really amazing legacy queens here mm-hmm. um, I like I just I like this cast this doesn't feel the thing I didn't like about all stars three was that it felt like the thirsty season yeah the season did. of queens who just needed to be on TV these are some very successful bitches, and I re- I'm here for this season. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the first thing I like. The second thing I liked is I like the fact that it ended differently than the last two seasons of All Stars. Yeah, they didn't do that, uh, Jasmine girl. They didn't do the. They didn't do like stay thirsty, honey. Yeah, they didn't. I really like that because <clears throat> because it was. I was sitting here and I'm like, okay, I wonder what the what the the trope is going to be, mm-hmm. and it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Now there's going to be a twist. There's probably going to be a couple of twists. Yeah, uh, because there's even a point in a, in a in a trailer where you hear RuPaul say, "All star rules are now suspended." Mm-hmm. I don't know if you ever remember yeah. hearing that. Awesome. So we know twists are coming, but hopefully, it's clearly they're not going to. They knew that there was a predictability. So I was really happy that the episode did not end predictably. That for all intents and purposes, the loser's gone. Yeah. Um, what I didn't like was... Um, I, I, some, as much as I like this cast, some of the queens were just... Uh, I... I <sighs> Let's just say some of the queens have really bought into the fact that they did a later season, mm-hmm. and by having a bigger audience, mm-hmm. they think that they're more fierce than they really are. Yeah, and we'll get into that in more detail later. Mm-hmm. And I think you can see the difference between the the real the real talent and the power of social media. And All you're right. gonna and you're gonna see how social media 
fails a lot of these queens, that the social media bitches are going to start to fall away very quickly. All right. Well, I'm excited to hear about it. Let me tell you two things that I liked. First of all, and this is the things I would usually have to struggle to find. Not make, sometimes the episode's so good, I struggle to find something to dislike, and then the opposite is true often, too. But this time I had no problems. All right. Thing number one that I like. <laughs> first of all, I love, and I know people hate this. I saw comments yesterday on the first response in the chat room. I live for Gia's shade. This shade that she is dr- doing, throwing in the workroom. I'm living for it. I love it. She's calling them out. And I'm going to tell you something. Often she's not wrong. Just to give a, oh, you know, a tip of the hand. Yeah. Gia is the, Gia is, Gia, casting Gia was the most brilliant thing yeah. of this whole season. They should have, they should cast her in every All-Stars. But let me tell you, when she said, I was thinking this, and then when, after Valentina's number, and she goes, I was so bored. I was like, bitch, I was with you. I don't know. It was so boring, Valentina's number, right? So she was the kind of the truth teller, I felt, this season. And, and, and saying things that we all think. And even the people like she came off cunty, I thought she was a truth teller. So I love that, right? Number two thing I love, and everyone knows I love this. You know, there's two things I, you know, when I, I used to play more clips on the show. But when I did, the two clips I constantly played were Laganja's horrible comedy routine, like... Uh, yeah. you know, kind of like your vagina, you know, that whole routine, you know, and two pheromones, horrible roast of Michelle Visage, right? I'm telling you now, we have the hat trick here with Jasmine Masters ass eating routine. I was living for how awkward and horrible <laughs> and terrible it was. I loved it. <laughs> you know, what? the only thing I regret is because they cut these numbers down I want to see the whole Jasmine Masters uh, five-minute set that she did, Trainwreck. You know? Oh, my God. It was so wonderful. I am going to pull the clip for that at some point and start playing on future episodes. But I was living for it. So those are the two things I loved. What I didn't like, and this is more of a warning than it is, or like a, uh, not a warning, but like I'm, I'm, I'm apprehensive, let's say. If this fucking Monique Hart says brown cow stunning one more time i'm gonna fucking find her and throw her out the window now look she gets one episode i have i have so i have so much to say about monique hart okay so you let me know when we're ready to yeah, get we're, into we're her almost because there. i have a lot to say we're about almost this bitch. There. yeah this so finally like, okay she gets one episode because that was her number all right okay right same thing with this but you know what here's the deal is brown cow stunning happened towards the end of her run so she didn't get a, she didn't get a lot of Time to play with that. That's why she got to pass this episode. But this fucking goddamn Monet exchange. If I see one more fucking sponge on this bitch, I am going to find her and use the rough edge to rub her out. That's what I'm going to do till she no longer exists. Because I am so fucking sick of this goddamn sponge bit. We're done. We saw it. But you know, here's the deal. It's not going to end. She's still going to do the sponge. She thinks this is her. This is her. There's always time for a cocktail. This is her work that puss. This is her thing, you know? And I, it drives me up the fucking wall. The way I hate when they try and brand themselves. Thank you. Well, remember, though, she got red on the side of hell. Yes, she did. For... For, for 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 regurgitating the sponge and it's like yeah. okay 
Now you got to either take it to another level or you got to move on. Yeah, but meanwhile, if you could so. peek inside her head, she's looking back in the workroom where there's a, a bag full of sponges that she's like, okay, how am I going <laughs> to. <laughs> she's, she's like, oh, a well. trunk. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. My next four workroom, my four, next four uh, outfits are out the window. <laughs> um, okay, why don't we. Here's what we're going to do, Larry, right here. We're going to take a break and we'll be right back. Okay, we're back. And you know who else is back, Larry? I'm going to tell you. It's brown cow oh. stunning Monique Hart. She's the first person to walk in the workroom. She walks in the workroom. Uh, Larry, what are your thoughts uh, when she walks in the workroom? Um, tacky. <laughs> tacky. Yes. Tacky. Listen, <laughs> you know, you know, there was this uh, another reality show coined a phrase, and if suits if it's here, mm-hmm. money can't buy you class. <laughs> okay. Because. Just because the bitch has money for fabric doesn't mean she knows how to use the fabric. Yeah. This was the tackiest, gaudiest. Yeah. She looked like the – you know, I, see, I don't know. Uh, I'm going I'm to get very regional. Okay, go ahead. Here in New York City, they have these, they have these little storefront psychic places mm-hmm. where they have like little old ladies. They're usually like Mexican or they're black and they usually say – you know, come in, I tell you, I tell you your future. Yeah. And they have curtains that hang. Yeah. The curtains look like what Monique was wearing. <laughs> she, it was, it was tacky. Uh-huh. It was tacky. It was tacky. Okay. And I have a love-hate relationship with Monique. Sure. I, first of all, she obviously doesn't know, she, she, her taste level is non-existent. Yeah. Her wigs are, 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 are dry and, you know, ragged looking. Mm-hmm. I just no, no. Do you have any negative things no. to say? And and if, oh. <laughs> but the thing is, also um, her cutaways this season are already really obnoxious. Well, yes, I find I find her cutaway interviews. I find I find the thing that she thought was charming about yeah. the thing that everybody found charming about her last season mm-hmm. is what's really annoying me this season. No, I, I I'm not there for you. No, I agree with you. Like, and, and you know, going along with I, I, I brought Brown Cow Stunning, but if I hear the ooh ah ah sensation one more time, or reclaiming my Honey. time, or like, okay, it's like facts are facts, Monique. Hart. I have one last one last thing to yeah, say about sure. Monique. Mm-hmm. That's a man, Maury. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you thought she looked very manly. She's ve- she's very manly. All right. Well, okay. Yeah. We're, we're, I'm, not, we're gonna, I'm, not, I'm not here for she, it. She's I'm a big part of this episode, so we're, I'm sure we're going to get way more into Monique Cart. Next in the room is formerly Trinity Taylor. Now she's just Trinity the Tuck. Your thoughts on Trinity uh, the Tuck, nay Taylor? I forgot how much I love this bitch. Mm-hmm. I thought her entrance look was stunning and mm-hmm. funny and imaginative. Mm-hmm. I, the thing about Trinity is that she's in on the joke. Mm-hmm. And she's willing to make – she's willing to laugh at herself. Yeah. Here's the difference between Trinity – I have it on my screen right now. I have the episode playing on my screen while we're talking. Good. And here's the difference between Trinity and, and Monique. Mm-hmm. Monique looks ridiculous, but she thinks she looks stunning. Mm-hmm. Trinity knows she looks ridiculous, and she's wearing lime green garbage ties. Mm-hmm. She's in on the joke. She totally she's in on the joke, joke and I'm yeah. there for it. Yeah, you know, she's one of these people that when she when we when we're away from her, I'll be honest with you, uh, I don't get it. But then when I see her on the show, I'm like, okay, I understand it more and more. When, uh, when, when I see her. yeah, I mean, she's a star. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, 
let's move on now to uh, Naomi Smalls. She walks in the room and she's, you know, she's like the the legs thing. She puts the leg in leg I'm, legendary. Yeah, I mean, she's so stunning, but mm-hmm. and she's so nice, mm-hmm. but filler queen. I mean, I, I hear she, you know, the rumor mill is that she goes very far, mm-hmm. but I think she's she's very, to me, she's very Cameron Michaels. I think she just kind of stays in the room because nobody notices her. I could see that. And also, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a favoritism because she does look, <coughs> even though maybe not in the face so much, but the actual build of her is very, very baby RuPaul. Yes. And I think yes. RuPaul sees a lot of herself in Naomi. And I think that's why Naomi gets a pass because and, she has the legs for days. She has the build of RuPaul. And she's she is likable. She's mm-hmm. wonderfully likable. Yeah, but I, just well, I don't, don't know what your really opinion. know what she does. I, and, I, and I'm dying to hear your opinion because I I was reading a little bit of what they had to say on Reddit. I comp- I already had the thought in my head, and all Reddit did was confirm it. I don't know if I agree with her being <laughs> in the top three. <coughs> I don't think she should have been there. No, but no. Uh, we'll discuss that later. All right, next into yeah. the workroom uh, is Monet Exchange. Your thoughts on Monet's workroom entrance? I feel like what they're really illustrating, yeah, in this All Stars season, mm-hmm. is that season ten wasn't that good a season. No, you're right. I, you know, we'll. we'll, we'll I, I think I. I think I think I think we already have Bob the Drag Queen. Yes. And we don't, you know, and Bob the Drag Queen is not even working that much. Mm-hmm. So why do we have, why do we have Monet? I think she's probably a very nice person, probably a mm-hmm. great brunch companion. Yeah. The look was tired. The mm-hmm. wig was thirsty. Mm-hmm. And I just don't, I don't get it. You know, you made me I think, I, I didn't put a spot here in the script for this, but I think we're going to do, well, after the first eight girls walk in, let's talk about sort of those workroom moments where there was some discussion about seasons. 10 versus 7 versus 8 versus all yes. different seasons. We'll talk about that in a second. Yes. Uh, I kind yeah. of agree with you. She was saying things that I was like, uh, fake news, some fake news going on here. I think you have a lot to say about that. Next <laughs> into the workroom, and she's going to be a major topic of discussion, I feel, for not only this episode, for a couple episodes to come. We have uh, the Boom Boom Gun, Gia Gun. She walks in, and we have a lot to discuss here with her workroom look. I, I'm dying to hear about it, but what were your thoughts yeah. on Gia Gun? I think, first of all, she might be the most um her transition her 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 transition her gender reassignment mm-hmm. is downright magical yeah the, the, the i mean she looks full on womana mm-hmm. um she's stunningly beautiful yeah and 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 the outfit is very very madonna um, I thought the, I thought her entrance outfit was I thought her entrance outfit was gorgeous, mm-hmm. and to me it was very 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 Madonna like a prayer mm-hmm. button pushing. I I lived I lived for Gia Gunn's look. Now let me ask you this question because uh, I don't know if you know, were you aware of the Carmen Carrera uh, Gia Gunn drama? Yeah. Okay. So yeah. for those of you who are listening who don't know, uh, Carmen Carrera came for Gia Gunn on Twitter, I believe. Or some social media it could be Instagram, uh, because she felt Gia Gunn was culture using cultural appropriation by using the Virgin of the Guadalupe on her rhinestone outfit. Yeah, and you know Gia shot back with this, and and, and Carmen, who's not even Mexican by the way, the Virgin the Guadalupe Virgin is a Mexican sort of icon, but um, but maybe she's defending all Latinas, and then it got into this weird 
area where then and then they started accusing each other of being transphobic to each other it was very strange but what were your thoughts on these charges yeah. of, of cultural appropriation against gia i agree with gia i think unless you are trying to steal money out of someone's pocket mm-hmm. by doing their gig mm-hmm. i think cultural appreciation is a real thing and i think it's i think it's legit you know i think it's very interesting on a show about drag queens that we're getting into this conversation because isn't this basically a group of men appropriating the culture of womanhood. That's a very good point. So, you know, it's just, it's, it's hypocrisy from the beginning. Um, and so, yeah, I'm not, I'm not there. For, I'm not there for the, for this fight. I think Carmen Carrera is looking for a reason to be relevant because um, of the transitioned women who have been invited back to drag race in recent times. Mm-hmm. She's not one of them. Well, yeah. <laughs> and, and the thing is, you know, see what you, you know. I have very mixed feelings about Sonique, and mm-hmm. I have very strong feelings, obviously, about Gia. Mm-hmm. I think that their presence is valuable, and mm-hmm. I think that they both represent different, different trans ideas on the show. And I don't see anything wrong with it. I just, I just think it's like it's, it's bitterness. I think you make a good point. You know, uh, I, I think my feelings might be a little bit more mixed about it. I don't, but with Gia Gunn, speci- I think there there could be cultural appropriation when you do things, right? I do think that exists. Um, but with Gia, I will say that Gia has shown that it is cultural appreciation. The bitch knows Spanish. She spends a lot of time in Latin America. She's a big, you, she was speaking Spanish. She remember she was going to play um, Selena in uh, during her original run on all uh, season six for a snatch game, she was going to play Selena yeah. originally. And but here's the thing, I'm a, yeah, but yeah. but even like she's known as drag queens as beat. Like I think Alaska calls her La China Mas Latina, you know, on uh, one of her songs. So uh, uh, she she seems to appreciate Latin culture, and I'm all for that. But go ahead, sorry. I think unless you're trying to edge someone out of their spot or their rightful place at the table mm-hmm. as a part of the culture, mm-hmm. if you're trying to poach money out of someone's wallet, if you're mm-hmm. trying to keep someone from working or from being heard Mm -hmm. you know if i as a as a an italian american am you know am not able to speak as an italian man in this country because other people are pushing you know because you think you know more about italian culture than i do then you and i are going to have a conversation but are you not allowed to talk about your favorite italian food because you're Mexican? No, you're right. Uh, Are you not allowed to? If, if you own a restaurant, can you not have bolognese on your menu? No, that's a, that's a good point. I mean, I, 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 mean, I see what you mean. You know, people people are being a little too extra about this. No, I get what you mean because I see what you're saying. You're saying there are examples of cultural appropriation. This just isn't one of them. Because this isn't one of them. This, this just, is because yeah, she wears. This her, is a yeah. this is a queen. In very beautiful fabric, you know, uh, why are Catholics, why, why not come for her for wearing the Catholic crown of thorns you're when right. she's obviously Japanese? Yeah. No, you're right. You make, you make a good point there. Uh, and I can't wait to get all those emails at dragracerecap at gmail.com. All right, moving on. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because you're not the one getting the emails. Moving on, let's talk about, uh, oh, wait, it's Pheromone. She walked into the, ch- into the workroom. Your thoughts, Larry Flick? Um, I think she looks great. I think she's clearly put on some weight and yes. she looks good. Mm-hmm. Um, I, think the, I think the producers are being really shady by zeroing on, on her butt. Mm-hmm. I think she's got a nice butt. Um, 
you know, I mean. Look, let me tell you this. Her butt looked flawless when she first came, when the, in the first, her first run, right? This one, you're starting, right. oh, you're like, there's not a big difference between 22 and 25, but uh, this bitch has eaten a lot of cheeseburgers on the road or whatever. Now, look. Yeah, she's now, put away. She's eat, she's get put on weight. She's put on weight. Now look, she looks way better than, than I would look there. My, I would look like people would think that I had two hefty bags full of wet cereal. You know, if they saw my, <laughs> if they saw my ass in the same outfit, right? But uh, I, I think her, I think her ass looked great. Look, I, I would not mind eating that ass out for days. Okay, let's get that out of the way, right? <laughs> That's what I was thinking. I'm yeah. thinking you put that ass on grinder, the line from here to Poughkeepsie is going to form for a chance at it. Yes, no, you're right. But if you're being a dick, then you're going to want to go inside her. But also, if you're not being the nicest person ever, you there's a lot to. It was very bold to wear that outfit. Let me just say on on HD TV, yeah. and uh, and and she got called on it later. So, but you you liked the outfit. You were there for Fairmont. Yeah, it was fine. It wasn't. It wasn't. It, I, I didn't stop and think, ooh, girl. I didn't stop and think, oh, girl. I just mm-hmm. thought, oh, yeah, I like pheromone. Okay. Um, all right, next, uh, <laughs> let's talk about Jasmine Masters. Girl. I was so excited that Jasmine Masters was cast, and then I saw Jasmine Masters, and I thought, girl, girl, why are you wearing pantsuits, first of all? <laughs> Like I'm not, I, I'm, I'm not sure I get where she's coming from. I'm still excited. I still like her. Mm-hmm. I just, I'm no. This is an awful entrance. Yeah, you know, during season seven, I was willing to sort of give her a pass on her choices because I was like, okay, the bitch doesn't have money, right? And um, right. but now she's gotten you know she's one of the more popular queens to not do well on the show actually, and she makes that coin now, and she could afford especially for All Stars four to bring in some good uh, costumes. I think she may have been cast last minute though. I feel someone dropped out or something, but she still could have pulled together some better looks. Um, yeah, it it was to to quote Tatiana choices. Uh, choices, choices, and then of course they saved the most controversial for the last one to walk into the workroom. We have uh, speaking of, of Mexicans, uh, Valentina walked into the workroom. Your thoughts, uh, Larry Fleck? Um, it was a very Alaska esque dress, didn't you think? Yes, but then people have I pointed mean, it, out I, that it was uh, someone's Met look. It, there's or some there's some famous designer. It's literally a copy of that designer's look that this designer made. And I'm sure someone in the chat room will tell us what it is. Yeah, I mean, I didn't hate it, mm-hmm. and then I thought not being a fashionista mm-hmm. was this looks like a more tailored version of what Alaska's worn, um, and I didn't hate it. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't. I didn't hate it at all. I just thought, well, that's a very interesting choices, right? Mm-hmm. Very interesting choice. I thought it was. I thought it was. It was. It was calculated that she wore black mm-hmm. because I think Valentina is really going to embrace her 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 bitch this season. Yeah, and um, it looked way more telenovela mm-hmm. than her last season look. Um, I was there for it, but I just thought it was like, oh, that's a very. It didn't really. I expected something different. Yeah. I didn't hate it. I just mm-hmm. thought, well, that's really interesting. The hair is pulled. Mm-hmm. The dress is is a kind of a tailored Alaska kind of knockoff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, I liked it, but I didn't. I wasn't. I was. I was puzzled. 
I thought, yeah, I, th- I was expecting more for an entrance look, I'll be honest with you. I see she was she's going for high fashion. She did have that, like, classic, yeah. almost like Ava Perone pulled hair back, you know, that looks good on, like, Latin women. It looks good on all women, actually, but uh, it has a very Latin, yeah. fierce look. And, um, but I, I don't know that, you're right. I liked it, it was fine, but I was expecting something for a big, dramatic return like that, something bigger. So, I don't know. Now, okay, yeah. before yeah. we move on... The, all the girls now are in, well, all the girls we, we think at this point are in the workroom, and there is a conversation. Actually, right before Jasmine comes in, is Monet looks around the room and says, like, oh, I noticed that they skipped over seven. We don't have any season seven girls. And then Jasmine walks in, and this starts a conversation about that, and, they, and then a conversation about the other seasons. Larry, you said you had a lot of thoughts about this. Well, first of all, I saw that, and I thought, you know what? For someone who never won a challenge, mm-hmm. you sure have a lot to say. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. who's kind of like a you know like a B list Bob the drag queen who's basically yeah. riding Bob's coattails in uh-huh. real in the real world by doing this podcast with Bob. Mm-hmm. You have a lot to say, um, and you know, especially because you come from a season where the most famous queen is a sociopathic race baiter. So okay, mm-hmm. uh, season seven. Can now be, we need to dispel this whole like season seven wasn't a great season. First of all, it was it was a very good season. Yeah, but with the exception, and again, I've done some reporting with the exception of Bianca Del Rio. Mm-hmm. Season seven queens are the most financially successful queens in all of Drag Race history. Now, Larry, that's quite the claim. Do you have numbers to back this up? Trixie Mattel has sold. 250,000 copies of her first two albums. Wow. She has she has toured the country as a drag singer selling out 98% of the theaters. Oh my gosh. That she plays. She does not do nightclubs. She does theaters. Okay. The only other queen who plays theaters on a consistent basis is Bianca Del Rio. Mhm. She also is making uh, upwards of $2 million a year mm-hmm. from her TV deals. Mm-hmm. She is actually the second most fiscally successful queen in the history of the show. Mm-hmm. The third most successful queen in the history of the show is Ginger Minge. Oh, really? Who, who has two one-woman shows mm-hmm. that she tours concurrently. Well, she's very large. She has to she, them too. But she also plays more theaters than bars. Mm-hmm. She's also on not one but two Netflix programs. And she's, she's an, a currently developing a one-woman tribute show to Divine mm-hmm. that is being looked at by... Is it Scott Rudin? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, she's making coin, and mm-hmm. she's a ho- she's become a Hollywood property. Mm-hmm. Those are those are two season seven queens. Mm-hmm. One of the most fan, one of the most successful queens in terms of the fandom is Katya, mm-hmm. who is a season seven queen who also very rarely performs in package tours. Mm-hmm. See, here's the other thing you need to know. Right now, season 10 girls, except, with the exception of Aquaria, mm-hmm. can't get booked if they're not in a package tour, oh my according God. to Amusement Business Magazine. Now, hold on for a second. Can I interrupt you for a second? That janky commercial with Ms. Cracker. Is it Ms. Cracker, Monet, and Monique? Who's in that commercial? 
Yeah. For the yeah, for it's Miss Cracker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't remember who the other. I feel like Monique and Monique are there. I don't remember who it is. It looked that show. The, is it a Hanukkah show or like a Kwanzaa Christmas? It looks like that? they filmed it. This is like they filmed it on an iPhone, but not even like the new iPhone, like the iPhone six, like yeah. like an older. It looks so shitty and like Ms. Cracker. This Ms. Cracker has been falling apart in front of our eyes for. We're, I'm waiting for the meltdown, right? Like she looked yeah. so desperate. Oh, it didn't. I was. I felt so. I wanted. I don't want to. I want to pay her to not go to the show. Let me tell you this. I was almost going to send her some money. Like that bitch <laughs> needs to do a GoFundMe or something because I. But, I, I, it looked but, I mean, but to get back to the point, though, I mean. Season seven has the most successful queens in the history of the show. Mm-hmm. And, and the season 10 queens are not bookable unless they're in a package. Mm-hmm. Seasons, uh, the season seven queens I cited don't tour in packages. Mm-hmm. Like they're not doing work the world and all these other kind of like, you know, every season has like the package tour. Mm-hmm. But, but season 10... This is when they should be raking in solo dough, mm-hmm. and they're not. They're not making. I mean, they're not, they're making money, but they're not making the. They're not making the kind of money that season six and seven made. And actually, the fiscally least uh, successful season mm-hmm. is season eight. That makes sense. Well, it was also yeah, it was a very short season. But I want here's what I want to do. But right there, now. there were no there were no stars in season eight. There Who was no in stars. season eight other than Bob? Derek and uh, Thorgy, isn't it? And uh, yeah, and you know, and you know what they did? They went back to their residencies. Well, you're right, but you're right. But talking about package tours, like if, I told you, I was like, I was looking at the season ten one, which is a more recent one, and I was like, ugh, I would never see this. But look at, I'm going to read to you the cast of season seven. Right, Violet Chachki, Ginger yeah. Minge, Pearl, Kennedy Davenport. Katya, Trixie Mattel, Miss Fame, Jane Dior Fierce, Max, Candy Ho, Mrs. Kasha Davis, Jasmine Masters, Sasha Bell, and Tempest Azure. If they did a package tour, even with not even the top three, like imagine a, a, a package tour with everyone who didn't make the top three, I would go see that in a heartbeat yeah. for season seven. But here's the other thing. Here's the other thing. Tempest tours more than the Vixen right now. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> Tempest is actually a very popular queen in Britain. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I just think, you know, I mean, everybody throws shade. But, mm-hmm. you know, to quote to quote one of the queens, facts are facts. Facts are facts in America. And, you know, you can't – and you can't shade season nine because um, season nine has a Broadway performer, mm-hmm. has a winning queen that changed the entire realm of what a lip sync is on Drag Race. Mm-hmm. Right? She raised the bar – permanently mm-hmm. i mean yeah. and you know listen you can have your own feelings about about valentina but the bitch is a massive star oh yeah it had massive stars from season nine massive a star. massive star yeah it's it's weird. i mean she's known outside of the drag world we're talking about like which of these queens live outside of this bubble but, but more queens mm-hmm. from season seven and season nine live outside the drag race bubble and are making money. But here's the thing too. I, I mean, I'll even without your numbers, without anything, I will prove it to you. Give me two iconic moments from season nine. Oh my God. I can give you more than two. Okay, but, but I mean, two. you know, season nine, you have, you have the, you have the final, the final lip sync, mm-hmm. which forever changed the game. Mm-hmm. You had, um, you had the, the Valentina, uh, take off your mask moment. Yeah. You had, 
you know, you had the 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 meltdown of Nina Bonita Brown oh, after yeah. the Kardashian musical. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you had. I mean, there are a lot of okay, them. You had so, you had the rise of Trinity. Yeah, you know, from you know as 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 you know, Sister Mary. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean that. I mean, Mary Coots is she she does whole shows. This bitch tours as Sister Mary Coots. Oh, she does. Yes. Oh. All right. So you have. So look, you just did that, right? And then you look yeah. at, like, let's say, um, season seven. There's the, do I have something on my face moment? You have the Shakespeare right. episode where RuPaul loses it, you know? Like, uh, yeah. like I don't want to hear any goddamn excuses anymore. You know, you have, uh, you know, you yeah. have the Kennedy Davenport with her cha-cha heels. Even that Snatch game is really good. Can you name, you know, I'll even challenge you this. Can you give me? Two? Well, I mean, I mean, wait, wait. Seasons, but, but wait, wait. Season seven is one of the few. It's, it's the only season where the snatch game was so good they had two winners. Yeah. Okay. Can you give me two, two winners? Two moments from season ten? Um, not that I really care to because yeah, maybe, maybe to Vixen me, walking up the reunion was sad. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it was so boring this season. Oh, this, I couldn't. This, Oh, this uh, this commercial's on again. It's Vanjie. It's Vanjie uh, Cracker, who's like got no no tits on, and uh, and Monet. Oh, okay. So, um, yeah, can, can, you can't name two things. Oh, I guess Vanjie was the one thing you can name from season Vanjie. Ten. Yeah. So, so the most the most iconic thing about <laughs> season ten is a queen who lasted one episode. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That was that's why they had to rely on the whole episode. All right, let's move on. After the first eight girls were assembled, RuPaul entered the workroom and surprised the girls with the addition of two more queens. Without much fanfare, RuPaul mm. introduced Team Latrilla from All Stars One, who entered the workroom handcuffed to each other. It wasn't long though before RuPaul removed them from her their chains and announced they would be competing as individuals. First on up, let's talk about Latrice Royale. Stunning. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Gorgeous. The hair, the dress. Her face, there was not one thing wrong with this bitch. And she's, mm-hmm. her body, I've seen Latrice up close. I know she's been working on her health mm-hmm. and getting more fit. But she still wants to be, you know, large and in charge. And she still clearly is. Mm-hmm. But she looks healthy. You don't look mm-hmm. at Latrice and think, oh, my God, the girl's going to drop over. Mm-hmm. Perfection. Legend. Like, you mm-hmm. look at her and you just think, go home. Everybody go home. Look at this queen. Mm-hmm. All right. Perfection. And then we also have Manila Luzon. The other side of perfection. Mm-hmm. You know, a different kind of perfection. Clown realness, iconic, you know. I mean, she, she you know, she, she obviously, you know, trademarked that, that ridiculous skunk uh, streak that mm-hmm. I'm not crazy about, but mm-hmm. it's instantly identifiable. She mm-hmm. also didn't try to, like, you know, look glamorous. She went for the comedy. Mm-hmm. And you know she she mugged and legend. I mean, you just look you look at these two and you're like, now it's now, now I'm here. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing: you put these two next to a few of these other queens, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh yeah, yeah. yeah this mm. comes up later. Yeah, this comes up later when they're actually in the workroom, just sort of chit chatting and de dragging. But uh, it, it is. But Latrice Royale, Manila Luzon, and I don't think in a negative way because it's going to sound like I'm, I'm reading. But I think in a very positive way are sort of the best of a old school drag that you don't really see yeah. much on the show anymore. Yes. 
they're not they're not oh the, God, the social media queens. You know, they're they are real real drag, and I think that's sort of why there is that appreciation among the younger queens, even though there's some shade thrown. We'll get to that in a second. Um, moving on, after all was said and done, RuPaul announced that the library was open for the first mini-challenge. As has been the tradition on all All-Star <laughs> seasons, the first mini-challenge was a reading challenge, and this episode was no different. After all was said and done, Latrice Royale was named the winner of the reading challenge. Larry Flick, your thoughts on the reading challenge? Uh, mean. Mm-hmm. I kept thinking it was mean. It wasn't funny, it was mean. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought. And I thought it was really interesting. The queens were obviously intimidated by Latrice and Manila because clearly they knew because they, they're prepped on the fact that a reading challenge is coming. Yeah. Right. So they had to have some inkling that they were coming mm-hmm. or that legacy people would be coming. Mm-hmm. And there were very few reads of either Manila or Latrice. Um, I just I didn't find it as funny as I normally no. do. I usually live for this challenge, and I just thought it was just kind of mean. Yeah, yeah. You know, here's the thing: is I was I, on the first response. I was saying this is people get angry when I say the reading challenge hasn't been funny, but I would say take out all. I feel I feel like All Stars Two is sort of the exception that proves a rule. Again, going back to season seven, I don't think there's been a good reading challenge since season seven. And I'm just saying, and I don't mean that season seven was the greatest of all time. I'm just saying a decent one. All Stars Two was iconic, but um, it's been eight, nine, ten. All Stars Three. Those reading challenges were just tepid at best. I would, I would argue that I would argue that the the last really great mm-hmm. reading session was season two. People argue that. People argue that Juju B just sort of shut it down and won the whole thing. Yeah, um, yeah. But uh, I th- I feel, you know what's so funny is, look, All-Stars 2 is a good one to look at, you know, what I think in the reading challenge. Because in All-Stars 2, not only do you have memorable great reads from, like, Alaska, but you also have memorable bad ones. Like, Coco Montrese's, you know, like, Alyssa, my darling dear, I'm so happy when you're not near, or something like that. Or, like, Katya, I can see Alaska from your house, or something. It's like... Weird, and then you had Alyssa doing her beast, you know, or like Gila monster. Like they were so awful that they were iconic in their own way. Like so bad they're good. And then you had these great ones from a lot. It was just an amazing, amazing reading challenge. You want you want some of the great as well as some of the so awful. It's great in the reading challenge. And I think Alters Two was the last to deliver that. And you still got because remember season six. Darian brought some great ones. We often, I feel Darian Lake is one of the most overlooked queens. Why she is not on an All Stars show, I do not know. I think she's one of the I agree most with you. underrated drag queens to be on this show. And uh, I, don't I get agree that. with you. Yeah. Uh, Darian was very, very, very the, good. The, the, the other thing that I would, you know, to, to compare to this to All Stars too, because I think you're, it's a, I, I agree with your your point mm-hmm. is when you watch all star when you watch the all stars to read there's a little bit of what you would call honor among thieves mm-hmm. right yes they're all in on it mm-hmm. and they're all and it's and it's kind of like you know if you've ever done the dozens mm-hmm. with a bunch of queens mm-hmm. you know you high five each other after like a really good read yeah i was I'm, i have it on my screen right now mm-hmm. and there's just it's you feel anger 
Yeah, like, was I'm, a- I'm, 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 ta- I'm tasting anger from a lot of these bitches. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not getting that this was fun. What was the one about uh, that Farrah and- got kind of upset about? There's one towards Farrah um, where Farrah goes like, "Oh, mm. <laughs> that wasn't good." I don't remember who said it, but there's one that you're like, "Yeah, it's mean and not funny." And Farrah was like, "Oh, well." Which, which, which? I, was, yeah. it, was it Naomi or was it Latrice who had? I think it was Naomi. Or maybe you can correct me. Who had the great one about how uh, Farrah the the Farrah Valentina one? That was a really good read. It's it's from Naomi Smalls who says Farrah is so dumb she thought Valentina was her best friend. That's it. That's a good read. Right. <laughs> that was yeah. good. I was like, oh, bitch. <laughs> she <laughs> she got her on that one. Uh, anything else about the the mini challenge? Did you think Latrice deserved to win that mini, mini challenge, uh, Larry? Um, n- not really. I thought she was good, but I thought I actually thought Gia was the winner. Mm-hmm. I thought Gia was the winner, even though Gia was a little lethal. Um, but I'm not mad at Latrice winning, ever. All right, let's move on here. Uh, next, RuPaul announced this week's Maxi Challenge, an all-star variety show. In addition, the audience would be made up of LGBTQ veterans and active duty military, also LGBTQ. After RuPaul's announcement, a confused pheromone announced that she wanted to hook up with a straight military man, to which all of the other queens jumped on her for not listening to RuPaul's specification of uh, their LGBTQ status. I want to stop right here. See, and I'm going to get to this point later because we see it in the workroom. What's funny is the queens were so much better at reading each other when they were away from the reading challenge. When the way they all read Farrah during yes. that moment was so funny and so real and so not mean spirited. Yeah. It was the way you would take. Correct. You know, I agree with you. Yeah, take the piss out of a friend. All right. In the workroom, the younger queens gag over the chance to compete with Latrice and Manila. Monique talks about her brown cow stunning number. Gia throws shade every which way. Valentina and Latrice engage in a strip show. Naomi and Monet have fun with each other. And Jasmine announces that she is going to ad-lib her stand-up routine for the variety show. Larry, your thoughts on all these workroom moments and everything that's happened up until this point? I mean, I kind of I kind of agree with you. I thought the, I thought the, the reading that was going on in the workroom during this point was... was more fun and playful. I especially mm-hmm. like the moment where the, uh, uh, was it, was it Naomi who called Manila her, her lady bunny yeah. and they were talking about age. And I thought that was fun and, and joyful and, you know, bitchy in the, in a really good way. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I kind of, you know, I, I, I don't know. This is why, this was the point where I started to really be glad that this was the cast, because mm-hmm. I think that this is a very interesting cast with actually a lot of chemistry mm-hmm. even though you know i think some of these queens are really in over their heads mm-hmm. i just like the chemistry of the personalities i like i like this group and i feel like there's the opportunity for for some good drama mm-hmm. some good camaraderie mm-hmm. some really good challenges mm-hmm. i just re- i just i just watched this and i thought ah my show is back yeah um, what did you think? It, it, it's sort of the same thing. Is that you know it was actually that moment with Naomi and Manila. I thought, oh, the like if if Naomi would have done like a sort of like shorter, cleaner, uh, to the point version of that Lady Bunny joke, I think she would have won the challenge because first of all, yeah. Rue loves anytime you make fun of Lady Bunny. Yes, and the way it was set up was almost like a read because I think Naomi is telling Manila, uh, "You were my." Uh no 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 Manila gives it to her because she's talking about how she's so happy to be with Manila and she's so impressed and Manila says that she felt that way when she met Lady Bunny 
And then Naomi yeah. says, well, you're my lady bunny. And you know what's so funny? What's so great about the show is it was such a great read because they didn't even have to say, oh, it's funny because Lady Bunny is old. Like, the joke was already there. The joke is, and if you speak drag race yeah. language, you know why that is so funny and why it's such a good read and it was so iconic. But yeah, but you know, to be honest with you, apart from the read, I think this is what you're kind of getting at, is it was nice to see, because like, you're right, All Stars 3 was so thirsty and so cutthroat. It was nice to see when you mixed a Latrice and a Manila with these younger, more social media queens, how there is a respect, you know, uh, yes. and um, honor among thieves, if you will. And they were sort of saying, like, I'm competing against you, but I respect you and realize that they had so much to learn from these queens. And and, and also it shows you the stark difference between we're going to see some big differences between how these queens perform. And the other one, you know, I didn't even think yes. about this, and we'll get more in the in the in the variety show uh, part. Is Latrice and Vanilla Manila? No, I'm sorry, yeah, Latrice and Manila. Like I said, were the old school queens. They were one of the few queens who actually did variety and not just I know not just like a lip sync number from their drag show. You know, yeah. um, so I agree. We I couldn't agree more. The, but it was it was fun. I wish I wish actually I, they didn't waste any time in this episode. So I will say this, but I wish we could have seen more of the workroom. I would have taken a two hour episode if we could have gotten more of the banter among the girls in the workroom. Is is everything okay? Is there an elf dying in your in your apartment right now? No, it's it's one of my cats who's just scratching a little too hard right now. Scratching what? <laughs> okay. <laughs> what is your cat scratching? Oh, he was he he has a little boo boo on his ear, and, oh, and okay. uh, I took I took the I took the cone off, and so I, just, I got oh, it back I see. on. All right, here we go. Well, over on Patreon, supporters listened to a live first response show after the season premiere, got access to their own private drag race recap subreddit, and received this episode two days early, completely unedited and commercial free. Also, Patreon supporters are enjoying a brand new show where people of color actually get a chance to weigh in on their opinions about the show. But don't forget, there's also the Dragular recap show as well as the rumor mill with our old friend Evan Ayers. You can enjoy all of this and more over at patreon.com slash drag race recap by simply signing up at the $3 level. That's patreon.com slash drag race recap. I can't talk. Uh, wink. Uh, all right. Let's take a break right here. When we come back, we're going to talk about the variety show. All right. We are back. Um, Larry, That's we, I know you've been just dying. You've been scratching at this like the way your cat scratches at its ear. Let's talk about this here. On the main stage, the girls perform in a variety show for RuPaul and the judges. First up, Monique Hart performs her live singing number, Brown Cow Stunning. Larry, I know, I, I can't, I'm going to just sit back and let you tell me about your thoughts. Monique Hart performing <laughs> her live singing number. I'm sure you loved um, it. <laughs> I'm sure you're a big fan. I hated it. I hated it. I, I mean, it's just, you know. Listen, novelty is fun. Mm -hmm. Catchphrases are cute. Mm -hmm. I I, I want to be a bigger fan of of what I see when it comes to Monique because mm -hmm. I get the feeling she's a nice a nice person. Okay, sure. You know what I mean. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't feel like I feel like it was too soon for her to do All Stars. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what I'm thinking as I watch this. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking I wish she had waited. 
one cycle out mm-hmm. because she's she you know bought you know a better fabric and mm-hmm. you know a couple of more wigs but I just don't think it's there. And, and, I, and you know, clearly I'm in the minority. She did very well in the, in the talent show. Mm-hmm. She has a lot of fans. And, you know, I think she's a very nice person, but I'm just not there for it. I just, I think the song is kind of, and I think, you know, eventually you need to do more than a split. Mm-hmm. And I kind of, you know, and, and to, to, to piggyback on what Rue said, Buy some some duct tape, bitch. Yeah, because that wasn't the wig coming off. You could tell that was Rue saying, "I'm going to read you." Oh yeah, oh yeah. Rue does not. Rue does not like the wig coming off. Uh-huh. Right? What's what's the line? Unless you got another wig underneath, mm-hmm. keep your hair on. Mm-hmm. You know, it went on so much during season five with Milan that she actually gathered everybody on the set and said, you keep your motherfucking shoes and your wigs on. That's a verbatim quote. Yeah. She does not like the wig coming off. Yeah. And it's like, bitch, at this point, if you don't know how to fasten your wig, mm-hmm. how am I supposed to think that you're an all-star? Like well, look, the bitches at pieces, a little bar downtown here in New York city, they know how to fasten their wigs. Why don't you? Yeah, well, you're jumping over I'm to the lip sync, not. but but in this number, I'm going to say that. Oh right, I'm sorry. No, 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 I no, no, no. Wig, you're fine. I got but, confused uh... because she also <laughs> she's got, she, apparently she's got all this money for wardrobe, but she didn't change her outfit. Uh, good point. Actually, you're right. It was like the same outfit, wasn't it? Yeah, not a night, and it wasn't a well fitting outfit. It was an ill fitting outfit. Well, sorry. Well, look, here's the deal, and this will be a running theme as we critique the um, variety show. I don't have time for any variety show number that is just a lip sync number that you plucked from the act you do at Mickey's uh, when you go there, you know? And that's exactly it, – it, it's, it's her – I have this song that I'm trying to push on iTunes and I'm going to sing it live and people are going to download it, which maybe they are, you know? And I just don't have time. To me, that's not a variety show. That There's no variety. That's what you already do. So I had no time for also, that. Also, I don't know. I don't. I don't know a single DJ who will play that record. No, DJs no. don't. DJs don't play those kind of tracks. We'll get to this at the end, or we we'll get to the judges' table. But uh, I don't know why she was in the top three. Next up, we have Naomi Smalls. She lip synced the number before making a surprising wig reveal, which speaks to what you said and what Rue has said. She takes the wig off, but there's a, a joke gag, sort of like bald, not a bald wig, but I don't know what you'd call it, like almost like a monk type wig. Like a humorous wig underneath. Your thoughts on Naomi Salt Small's number? Um, it looked a lot like what Milk did mm-hmm. last season. Yeah, but a little better, a little, mm-hmm. little more, a, a little more self-aware. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, she's a stunning. I'm looking at it right now. God, she's a beautiful queen. She's beautiful. She's gorgeous, um, and she re- she's a stunning queen. And and I'm watching her drag her ass across the stage. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a great number. I think the wig reveal kept it from being meh mm, i'll be honest with you i still you know it showed a sense of humor mm. it showed a sense of humor that i was there for but it was very it was very milk don't you think didn't milk do the one where she like took the um like the paper dolls or something yeah but the, but but she did the same thing she kept saying fashion oh fashion, yeah yeah she was doing like fashion. legs right yeah 
Yeah, it, was, just, it, was, it was a chat track. Yeah, it was, yeah, exactly. It was just meh. Like, this is, some, again, something from your act. She just added that dumb wig reveal at the end because she kind of realized it was meh. But, yeah. But now let's go yeah. to the next person. Now, look, and, and maybe we'll have the discussion here. And I know I'm saying this half-jokingly, half-not. Gia Gunn, she did a Japanese-inspired number, which I have to correct something right now for the record from my first response. In my first response, I said that Gia Gunn was Vietnamese. I was corrected, thanks to a listener named Ali. Is she Japanese? She's Japanese. I always thought she was... was yeah, uh, she's Japanese. She's Japanese. So I'm making a correction. I'm sorry. Uh, she is Japanese. But Gia Gunn performed... A, yeah, it happens. Gia Gunn performed a Japanese-inspired number. Okay? And uh, I thought, even if you thought it was very whatever, I don't know what your opinion is, to me, it was like, oh, thank God this is not a fucking just uh, lip-syncing to a dumb, you know, hip, uh, dumb house track uh, over and yeah. over again. So uh, I, I, I got points for me for that. What were your thoughts, Larry? I thought it was exceptional. Yeah. I loved every second of it. Yeah, it the- was very variety. Mm-hmm. It was beautifully executed. I'm looking at it right now with the with the reveals of like every time she whipped an umbrella or a fan, mm-hmm. you had little like petals coming out. Yeah. It was very Sasha Valore without being Sasha Valore. Yeah, it was beautiful. It- so she just snapped that. I'm watching it right now. She just snapped her fan, and all these like petals came out, and I'm just like, that is so gorgeous. I could watch an hour of that. Why would that was so beautiful? And I'm only half joking when I say I think it's transphobic that she wasn't in the top three. Like I sort of and I it, well, we don't do spoilers. I have here. A, be careful. I have a very, be careful that we don't. Do no, spoilers. I'm not talking yeah. about spoilers. Uh-huh. But I think that there's there's a little bit of a you know a quota thing going on, and I think you know I don't know. I thought it was I thought it was transphobic as well, because um, I thought it was I thought. She was she was one of the top two. No, you're right. You were right. I thought she was. I thought she was. I thought she was exceptional. Her drag was beyond gorgeous. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was. It was. It was also what was really exceptional about the performance was that it was talking about cultural appropriation appreciation. Mm-hmm. It was culturally accurate. It yeah. was authentic. It was. I mean, good lord! It was. I it can't was say really enough nice things about it. And the fact that she wasn't in the top three and just simply safe, I think she was robbed. And I think shocking. It does, I, shocking. I think shocking. it is transphobic because I think I feel like when you just have somebody on just to have them on for their trans status, i.e., so neat, uh in the hallless yeah. spectacular, it's almost worse. It's you are just having them yeah. on as a token, and but you don't have any intention of really doing anything with them. And so, because yeah. she clearly was rough. She should have been. Even, look, I would have been okay if she would have been in the top three. And they're like, okay, but the top two are, well, I don't know. I don't know. I, th- I agree with you. I think she was in the top two. It was fantastic. Um, moving on, Trinity the Tuck lip sync to a comedy number about how to tuck. Larry, your thoughts on this? Loved it. You did? My top two, my top two were Gia and Trinity. Because again, I, I like the fact that Trinity is in on the joke of who she is. Okay. Um, I I do think that she should have. I agree with whoever it was who said that the reveal should have come sooner. Mm-hmm. I thought it was. I actually thought it was really. To me, again, it was. It was very drag variety. Mm-hmm. It's. It was. It was taking the idea of an Ed Sullivan corny bit mm-hmm. and turning it into drag. 
The other thing is, and this is like this is for all anyone who's on Reddit. Mm-hmm. There are pictures of Trinity and her member out there. Oh, there are. How she tucked? Yes, and Trinity is hashtag blessed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's got a lot. She is. Let's just say she is tucking Thanksgiving dinner down there. Mm-hmm. There is a lot of meat and potatoes down there. And the fact that it looks like I've got it frozen on my screen right now, which is mildly traumatic, she looks like a woman. Mm-hmm. That is a frighteningly tight tuck. I'm yes, give it to me. I, I lived for this. You hated it. I hated it. I hated it. I just Why did you it. hate it? I thought it was again. It was clearly that something she's now. Look, it is different. It's not just lip syncing to a track like I told you, but. It was very, like, almost... Not, no, because Lip Synca doesn't do this kind of stuff. I'm also not a big fan of, like, lip syncing dialogue, I'll be honest with you. But it just wasn't funny. Okay. It was corny. It is very drag humor. And I will say, it was a wise move on that her part because RuPaul lives for that kind of humor. Lives. That's, that's well, RuPaul, RuPaul is, the, is the king and a queen of the dad joke. Yes. And lives for... And lives for 50s era corny humor. Yes. RuPaul lives for. And that's that. what this is. Yeah. That, that, I will say that's very drag humor. I just think it, didn't think it was that good. I think we've moved on. I didn't. I, didn't, I, I didn't, loved I didn't, it. I, like, if she would have been safe, I would have been. Like, she and to me, she and Gia should have been switched. To me, it was safe. I didn't think it was horrible. Uh, I was actually glad it wasn't an actual tucking tutorial. Uh, I think it was well produced. I just, <laughs> I just didn't think it was a top three. All right. Uh, finally, before the break, Pheromone performed a burlesque number that included an unintentional slip and fall whilst performing. Your thoughts on Pheromone's uh, number? I don't think it was as bad as everybody exactly. else does. You're right. I didn't think it was. I it mean, was you know, I, I she fell, mm-hmm. and I thought she carried on as be- she carried on better than mm-hmm. I would have. Yeah, I would have cried. I would have just. I would have cried, and I would have just been in a hump mm-hmm. and a slump. Mm-hmm. I thought she looked. I thought she looked so good. I she mean, her drag really was good. stunning, mm-hmm. and it was an it was an interesting take. Everyone does burlesque now mm-hmm. during the variety show, mm-hmm. and I think she did. You know, a fun take on on burlesque, um, and I think. I didn't think it was that bad. Yeah. I didn't think it was bottom worthy, but I knew she was going to be on the bottom. Yeah, because it's clearly her storyline. Well, that's that's how this it's show clear. is. That's how this show is. Remember with uh, this um, uh, Mrs. Kasha Davis? She said "welcome" and she went home. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I was like, "Oh, she fell." That's <sighs> to be honest with you. If RuPaul would have been sending people home, she would have gone home because she fell. Uh, yeah, no, she one thing that her saved home. her. Yeah, one thing you saved her was that All Stars rules were in effect. But, um, yeah, I thought it was good. You know, I don't have a lot of positive things to say about Fairmont often, but she is meant for burlesque. She, like Violet Chotsky, she has, she, that look works for her. She did a very, she did a fine number doing the burlesque. Yeah, she fell. That happened. It wasn't like she, I don't know. I, 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 as soon, as soon as it happened, like everybody else were like, oh, that bitch, she's in the bottom too. <laughs> like, and it's she's so, in the I, bottom. And yeah, I thought, so and I thought it would be unfair. It's so dumb on this show. Um, all right. After the break, um, Monet came. They came back and Monet sang a song. Now I used air quotes. Actually, no, I didn't. I just wrote that in that I used air quotes. Um, I, let's talk about this. Let's talk about it, it, uh, this number. Tell me about it. Your thoughts. What's there to say? It was so terrible. It was terrible. It was. Ter- Why was she not in the? It was terrible. Too? 
I mean, she was, she was, tr- here's what, I, I felt like she was trying to give you Sylvester. Oh, uh, okay. You You're right. feel like she You're was right. trying to yeah. channel Sylvester. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, I'm, I have it on screen right now. She whips off the blue. The blue was actually very pretty. Mm-hmm. I would have just kept the blue on. Mm-hmm. Why? If, if I see one more sponge, I'm going to <laughs> shoot my TV yes, screen. Yes. I can't with Because the they're not even the nice sponges. They're the cheap sponges. Yeah. You know, and see, here's what I also, and here's the other thing that I really didn't like. Mm-hmm. She basically replicated the pound the alarm lip sync with the fake, with the, yes. the fake out on the split. Yes. And then she did the split again. It's like, didn't you do that last yes. season? Yes. And on it the was finale. fun the first time. It wasn't as fun the second time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so to me, that was, that was the, that was the losing performance. I agree with you. I, when she started singing, I was like, okay, so for everyone to know, and this isn't a spoiler, the day that this episode came out, the day on Friday in the morning on the Reddit uh, page, spoiled drag race, somebody uploaded the closed caption, uh, text for the episode. So they had the entire script of the episode on Spoiled Drag Race. Now, I didn't read the whole thing, but I did jump to the end, okay? And I was just reading what happened at the end. And so I saw that Jasmine Masters and Farah were in the bottom, okay? And it's alarming because I saw that and I was thinking, Kyrie knew what happened. I was like, how was she not in the fucking bottom for the? I mean, the singing was atrocious. The singing was atrocious, Larry. Yeah, no, I think. I mean, I, I a few things come to mind. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's. I'm going to put on my tinfoil hat now. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, I heard that Jasmine Masters was a last minute casting. Yeah, um, and and um, and. I think that there are two things going on here. First of all, Monet Exchange is a very popular queen mm-hmm. on you know in social media. She's a very popular queen. She's tied to Bob the Drag Queen, who's a winner, mm-hmm. who drew, whom we really likes. I think there's also a little self consciousness about. I think I think the the, the race self consciousness has seeped into mm-hmm. the brains of. The decision makers, mm-hmm. and I think a bottom two of two black queens would have gone down really poorly. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's fair or not fair, that's a topic for another day. Mm-hmm. I don't think that that would have gone down well, especially because Monet is from the season that brought the cop- topic of racism to Drag Race. Mm-hmm. I think she, all of those things, bought her a week, mm-hmm. at least a week. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think Rue is very fond of her. Yeah. I think Rue is mostly just very fond of her. Mm-hmm. And I think that that comes to play. You know, I don't think, I think, you know, Rue gets Jasmine and Rue gets Pheromone, mm-hmm. but I don't think Rue is particularly interested in either of them. Whereas I think Rue is very interested in Monet. And, and I think that that's a big part of it. You know, um, I thought it was terrible. I thought, I thought, I thought the, the, the singing was really bad, even though I got what she was trying to do. I thought the track wasn't particularly inspired, although mm-hmm. I got, you know, it did its job. I thought the, the costume reveal was serviceable until I saw those motherfucking sponges again. Yeah. And then when she did the, the, basically she replicated the pound the alarm lip sync, mm-hmm. I thought, 
that was actually when I checked out. Yeah. Yeah. When I she agree. did when when she did when she did the split fake out, I'm like, okay, you're just a series, you're kind of a walking series of emojis. Mm-hmm. You're just a walking series of emojis and hashtags. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to invest in you because you're not investing in me mm-hmm. by actually performing. You're just you're just you're just burping things that have worked for you in the past. Yeah. Who cares? The fake death drop reminded me of when Detox kept uh, recycling that jaw wiggle she does. Yes. And you were like, okay, bitch, we saw that. Maybe once or twice. Now, okay, we're done with the jaw wiggle. Yeah. That's your thing. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, it was. It was Absolutely. Bad. Yeah. But I think, but I think, I think, you know, there are a lot of things at play here beyond what we see on the screen. Yeah. I think there are a lot of things at play here. I don't disagree. All right. Next, Manila Luzon performed a painting demonstration that ended with a surprise twist. Larry, your thought on Manila Luzon, Luzon performance? It was so weird. <laughs> It was so weird, and I, 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 while I'm watching it, and I have it on my screen now, I'm like, am I, am I supposed to laugh? I don't really know what's going on here. I mean, I know yeah. what she's doing. Yeah. But I'm just like, it was so weird, and I thought, you know what? Props to you. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is really stupid. Mm-hmm. And you're selling it like, like it's fine crystal and from <laughs> Tiffany. <laughs> and the review, you know, the... The, the 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 picture flip and then the the gown reveal yeah made it you know I mean and first of all I mean Manila Luzon is like Lucille Ball level face comic yeah her face her face is the funniest thing I've ever seen on this show mm-hmm. she is just a fearless bitch and mm-hmm. so I'm like you know what I didn't get it but okay I'm there mm-hmm. you didn't lip sync no sponges yeah. <laughs> But it was weird. What did you think? It, it seemed like just like a recycled America's Got Talent bit. In fact, I've seen it done better on America's Got Talent. But you know, but but what you oh, really? said though, yeah, 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 they've done it a million. Times. But on America's Got Talent, when I've seen it done, they're very, very talented. They're better at it. But look, look, I'm not, I'm not, I'm actually. This is going to turn into a compliment from Manila. But on America's Got Talent, like you're like, what the fuck are they doing? They, they, you're trying to figure it out, and you can't. You know what I'm saying? And then they do the twist or the reveal, and you're like, oh my god! And then, and even when it's turned around, it's an amazing picture of Albert Einstein or whatever, right? Yeah, this one, yeah. when she turned it around, it was still a shitty picture, but it's a flower in a vase, you know? But that's, but to be yeah. honest with you, it's what we were speaking about earlier. It's almost, you could say, that Manila knows it's an America's Got, America's Got Talent piece, but she's doing her dumb, silly drag take on it. She's doing a clown version of that America's Got Talent bit and then doing the quick change at the end. And I think... It's just crazy. It's exactly what this variety show is supposed to be. Should she have been in the top two? Uh, mm-hmm. No. But... It, uh, and she was safe. She got the right position that she did. But it, it was good. It, but yeah. I, was, I was so happy that it was so just exactly what that's supposed to be and fun and light. And it was, it was good. It wasn't top two for me or top yeah. three, but it was she deserved to be safe, and that was fine. All right. Next, yeah. Jonathan Masters performed stand-up comedy. Well, she was standing up and talking. We'll say that. She didn't know if it was comedy. But what were your thoughts on Jonathan Masters' uh, Larry Flick? Bless her heart. <laughs> Bless her heart. I think, she, you know, I think, I think she's got Laganja-itis in that I think she probably needed a good blunt before she went out there, and they're, mm-hmm. not, they're not allowed to smoke. Mm-hmm. And I think, and I think that she was probably too sober to make it work. Mm-hmm. That's honestly oh. what I think. Oh, really? That's, um, that's actually not a bad take. I, Go ahead. 
Yeah, because I, I, because they're not they're allowed they're allowed cocktails a limited number of cocktails, but they're not allowed even medicinal marijuana. Yeah, and I think that I think that part of what part of the drush that people talk about with Jasmine mm-hmm. is that she gets she gets she gets high, mm-hmm. she gets her weed on, mm-hmm. and then her mind starts to kind of travel to all different things. Mm-hmm. And then she just starts riffing, mm-hmm. and she is hilarious. Mm-hmm. And I think she was stone cold sober, and she thought, "I'm just going to kind of do what I do." Mm-hmm. And I just think she, her mind wasn't functioning because it wasn't lubricated the way it needed to be. Yeah. Look, and I just thought, "Bless your heart," because I really like Jasmine Masters mm-hmm. so so much. Yeah, I love the bitch. I follow, I I follow her, her on social media. I can spend. I could fall down the Jasmine yes. Masters YouTube rabbit hole mm-hmm. for hours. I have. I've done it. Hours. 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 She just. She just posted. She just. She just posted an hour and ten minute explanation of why she stormed off the set of the Hollis Lake uh, mm-hmm. special, and it is serious. It's funny. It's weird. Mm-hmm. I'm just like it's performance art. Mm-hmm. She's a genius, but she needs. She needs to be. Uh, she needs the judge. Mm-hmm. Well, look, here's the deal. I, and I talked about this on the first response. I'll talk about it here. Is as a former stand-up comic, and I would actually say a competent one. I wasn't a great one, but I was a competent stand-up comic. I, I knew she was in trouble. And so did the audience, by the way. But I'm not giving like, oh, I, I had this secret insight. But once she said that she wasn't going to prepare for the show, I was like, oh, this bitch is in trouble. Because one of the mistakes people make when, with, when talking about stand-up comedy, when she said she performed at the Laugh Factory, I was like, no, you don't, bitch. What are you talking about? Maybe on an open mic night when anyone can perform, right? But is stand-up comedy – and you've interviewed a lot of stand-up comics, so you would know this – is people mm-hmm. have this mistaken belief that it's just getting up in there and talking. But actually, of all art forms, it's, it's up there with one of the most rehearsed – uh, art forms you can do. Uh, stand-up comics, and when you see a stand-up comic, do, comic comic doing a routine, they have honed it down to where they know every word. You know, a good one to watch, I can't remember which Chris Rock HBO special it is, but he did an HBO special, which actually kind of pissed comics off a little bit, because it was a special that cut th- together different moments from a tour he did. So, like, it would show, like, an epi- like uh, a set he did in, in Australia, and then one in London, then one in New York, and it'd be the same routine, but he would cut in between them. And the, what it exposed on that special was that you're essentially doing the set word for word everywhere you go. It, the beats are the same, the pauses are the same, everything's the same, you know? And it, it, the, the great ones, though, like Chris Rock, just make it seem like it's off the top of their head. But it really isn't. It's, yeah. They're essentially doing a monologue that just is it, – it's the illusion is that it's just off the top of their heads. And so that was the mistake. You can't – and so like – but like and, – and so like that's why I like this medium is I'm allowed to be more free form. And I don't know why it is we are as people like this. But when you are in a, a – listening to a podcast or – you know, once – while I was doing stand-up, Larry – I did. Have you ever heard of this show called The Moth? It's also a podcast. Yeah. It's a, for yeah. those of you who don't know, it's a storytelling show. And they do a live one in Los Angeles. And I did the live one with a stand-up comic friend of mine. And I just told a story. And it was so weird because when you do stand-up, it really is like you're at battle with the audience. They're like, they're like you better fucking make me laugh, right? It's like you're at war with them. That's why comics use terms like killing and crushing and dying, you know, and bombing. 
when I was the storytelling one, everyone was like looking at me with such encouraging eyes. And I did very well at the, sta- at the storytelling one because it's just a different mindset from the audience. They're not challenging you. They're rooting for you. And when you're doing stand-up, I don't know Ooh. what it is about stand-up. You, you, are, you already hate the comic until he wins you over or she wins you over. So uh, Jasmine was already at a, a disadvantage. You can't just go out there and just waste their fucking time by just rambling. But but it, I, but yet I don't know why, and I can't explain to you when she does it on a video, it works. And Ross very very astutely and very adapt with 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 uh, with insight that I was very appreciative of said the same thing to her in a much shorter way than I just did uh, on the critique, which is he's like, yeah, it's funny yes. when you're doing a YouTube video. But when you're doing stand-up, I'm telling you, you can't do that kind of stuff. And he is 100. I've never agreed with a judge on RuPaul's Drag Race more than Ross Matthews on that. Sorry to do my rant there. Anything else to say about Jasmine Masters, Larry? Well, I mean, I, you know, just to support what, you, what you're saying is, you know, I've interviewed you. You're right. I've interviewed a lot of comics in my career. And one thing that they all consistently agree on is that comedy is like baking a cake. Yeah. You have to measure every ingredient mm-hmm. perfectly, yes. and if you and if you mess up, the cake is ruined. Yes. Whereas you know drama is different and easier to do because it's a pinch of this, it's a pinch of that, mm-hmm. and it's all based on the vibe of the moment. Mm-hmm. You can't vibe comedy. Mm-hmm. Comedy is meticulous. It's like music. Yes. And if you fall off the music for even just a half beat, mm-hmm. you're done. It's yes. over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I could go on to this for days, but let's move on. All right, Latrice Royale. She worked those flags, honey. Your thoughts on Latrice Royale? I've seen her do this better. Oh, you have? Okay, so you've seen this bit before. Yes. I've seen her do this act before. Mm-hmm. Um, she's way more agile now than she used to be, and it's because she lost weight. Mm-hmm. Um, this is her new track, Excuse My Beauty, or whatever this is called. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't like the track, mm-hmm. to be completely honest with you. I thought the track mm-hmm. was kind of tired. But I've seen I've seen her do this. This is something she's. This is a, a big part of what she does, mm-hmm. um, and I've seen her do it better. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because flagging is very similar. <laughs> you know, we're talking about precision, right? Mm-hmm. Flagging is is also a very precise art form, mm-hmm. and one wrong twist of the wrist, and your flag deflates. Mm-hmm. And there were a couple of there were a couple of times that the camera sort of caught her. With the flag deflating. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought she was great. I thought she, like Manila, um, landed exactly where she needed to land. Yeah. I thought she was good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think it was top three. Mm-hmm. I thought it was safe. There's a rumor. I agree with you, by the way. There's a rumor, and I don't know how true it is. I don't know how accurate it is. It's the rumor that she dropped the flag and they didn't air it. I don't know if that's true or not. I don't know, what the, I don't know the credibility to who the I've heard is. that rumor, too. Yeah. I've heard that rumor, too. But... Um, um, but who knows? Who but, knows? but I mean, I think um, it's not uncommon for people to drop the flag. It doesn't mm-hmm. ruin the act. It just you just pick it up and you just get it back out there. Yeah. It's very the cool thing. The other thing that's a, that people watching this who may be young um, may not be aware of mm-hmm. is that flagging is a huge part of queer culture from back in the seventies. Mm-hmm. It was. It was. It was a very. It was. Back in the day, it was you would go to clubs and you wouldn't have go-go boys; you'd have flaggers. Mm-hmm. And if you go to if you go to old school style events like Folsom Street Fair or those kinds of events, you will see flaggers. It's a very male, 
masculine militaristic kind of thing. It's for it's 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 interesting to see a drag queen do it because it's usually done by um, mask for mask type men. Do you know what I mean? Really? It's a ver- it's actually a very manly thing uh, in the queer in, in the in queer culture it's so- because it's something it's a rep- it's a, it's, a, it's a derivation mm-hmm. of what uh, of what honor guards do in the mm-hmm. military. It's so funny that you say that because you said in the seventies. I remember the first time I ever went into <laughs> the first time I ever walked into a gay bar. I thought to myself, "Jesus, honey, look at all the flags here." I've never seen so many flags <laughs> in one place as I have here. And that's when I knew I was gay. I was like, I'm among, I'm among my people. I'm among all the flags here in this uh, gay bar. All right, moving on. But the other, <laughs> yeah, go ahead. But go the ahead. other thing just to say is that in some ways, Latrice's performance was, is the most uh, appropriate for the audience mm-hmm. because it's a very militaristic thing. Oh, very good point. I never thought about that. That is a very, very, very good point. Finally, Valentina lip sync yeah. the song to close out the show. Your thoughts on this? Um, first of all, uh, this is what you call fish. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is a hot-looking woman on my screen right now. Uh-huh. Um, I thought she was – I thought she pretty much decided, and I think brilliantly so, that if you bring up the lip sync after this episode mm-hmm. – you're just a hater. She addressed it. Mm-hmm. She opened with, you know how hard it is to lip sync Spanish language? No. It is the hardest language to lip sync to oh. because of the roles, because of the roles of the tongue, because of the, the cadence, the rapid fire uh, chanting. Mm-hmm. It is one of the hardest types of music to lip sync to. Absolutely. I mean, I'm not making that up. The absolute hardest. Did she have that's a wind machine? These, these, Latina, these Latina queens, that's where they make their coin. They make their coin lip syncing. They ain't worried about painting their faces. They're worried about getting their lips right. Yeah. So, so she took that and she said, squash. She made a joke of the mask, which mm-hmm. I thought was brilliant. Mm-hmm. She, she opened by lip syncing that very complicated verse, mm-hmm. which I thought was really impressive. That mm-hmm. was like, Coco Montrese level lip syncing, mm-hmm. and and I think she looked great. She was see for me. And I know you didn't really like this very much. Mm-hmm. This was a top three performance for me. Interesting. interesting yeah, this was interesting. A, this was a top three performance for me, and I wouldn't have been surprised if she was in the top two mm-hmm. um, because I thought it was that good, and I thought she looked so. Oh my god, she looked amazing. Like that. See, that. I. I I love see the thing I love about drag is the female illusion, mm-hmm. and that was that was female illusion perfection, and you know it reminded me that actually the beginning of her season I really liked Valentina. Yeah. So I think I'm going to be really living for Valentina this season because she's embracing her inner bitch, mm-hmm. and if she's going to bring, she's got to be better now at what she does because mm-hmm. she's got some road miles on her. Mm-hmm. I. I'm I'm there for it. I'm, I thought she was fantastic. I thought it was fine. I just thought again, it wasn't variety. I mean, she does from her show, and, and I want to know where she got yeah, a wind no, machine. True. Did you did you did you did you think she had a wind machine? Um, I couldn't tell. Mm-hmm. I couldn't tell. All right. 
Um, I mean, she's good at movement. She's good at just. There were some. There were some types of hair mm-hmm. that you know, some wigs with a type of hair that moves differently. Like if you ever look at Roxy, for example, mm-hmm. her hair moves more than the average wig does. Like look at Roxy in the Red You Wrote You video. Yeah, that hair is in perpetual motion even when she doesn't have the fan on her. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure. I'm mm-hmm. not sure if she got the fan. We'll figure it out. All right. During the judges' critiques, Manila Luzon, Latrice Royale, Gia Gunn, and Valentina were all named safe. Monique Hart, Naomi Smalls, and Trinity the Tuck all received favorable favorable reviews, while Monet Exchange Pheromone and Jasmine Masters were all in the bottom. In the end, Monique Hart and Trinity the Tuck were placed in the top, while Jasmine and Farrah were named as the bottom two. By All-Stars rules, the girls retired to the workroom to deliberate over who should go home. Both Jasmine and Farrah pleaded their cases to Trinity and Monique, but back on the main stage, Trinity and Monique went head-to-head in a lip-sync battle for their legacies. The song, Emotions, by Mariah Carey. In the end, Trinity was named the winner of the lip sync, which gave her the power to send either Jasmine or Farrah home. Her choice? Jasmine Masters was the first queen eliminated in All-Star Season (coughs) season 4. Larry Flick, any final thoughts on the episode? Um, Okay, I... The the redemptive moment for Monique Hart for me during this episode was the fact that she had the the nerve mm-hmm. to look pheromone right in the eye and say, I can't do this crying. <laughs> I thought, I thought, you know what? Go bitch. Yeah. Don't talk funny. about Hunter back. Uh-huh. Look her in the eye and tell her what you think. And, yeah. I'm, and I respect her so much for that. And mm-hmm. I thought that's what I would want to say. I would want to look her in the eye and say, listen, mm-hmm. I'm sure you're a really nice person, but if you're going to be doing this for the next eight weeks, yeah. you got to go. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. who wants to be around that? Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was, to me, that was what redeemed Monique Hart in this episode for me. Um, that said, I thought Monique, I, Monique's lip sync was not in line with the tone of the song. Okay. Just because you can flip and spit doesn't mean you should do it every time. Okay. I think the song, call, I think the song called for a different kind of lip sync. Mm-hmm. And, I think, you know, because Trinity is a flipper and a splitter, right? Mm-hmm. Trinity is like the, you know, is a master of that. Mm-hmm. And when I saw, you know, the way they both came out, first I thought Tired Queen didn't change her outfit. Yeah. But then I thought, this is going to be a down-tempo song. Mm-hmm. And what's going to happen here? And I thought, I thought Trinity made all the right choices. She did uh, a comic lip sync without it being over the top. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, give me a Mariah realness midway through the song, mm-hmm. and and uh, you know, to me, she won. And to go back to what I was saying earlier, you know, invest in some duct tape or some glue, but also invest in a nice wig mm-hmm. because if you go to the workroom, that wig you could see the wig line on yeah. Mount Monique. Mm-hmm. That was a cheap ass wig. Mm-hmm. That was a Canal Street special, baby. Come on now. You're on <laughs> HDTV. Uh-huh. Facts are facts, baby. You were not stunning. Uh-huh. We'll throw you on words back at you, darling. Uh-huh. So I thought the right person went home because uh-huh. I think Jasmine just kind of came and needed to go. Uh-huh. I have no problems with the way the rest of it played out. 
very good. Now, is there anything? Did you cover everything you want to cover on this episode? Did we miss anything? Have you covered all your notes? This is the time. Speak now or forever hold your peace on this episode. <laughs> I I'm so excited about this season. Uh-huh. I'm excited about this cast. Yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to them I'm watching them mix it up. Mm-hmm. Um. I. You know, I'm 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 not going to lie. Mm-hmm. I've already got my I've already got my top three. Oh, you do. And I'm not sure I'm not sure who I you know if it jives with the actual top three. Mm-hmm. But I you know I have my favorites already. Do you want to share it? And um, yeah, of course. Go ahead. I mean, to me, it's it's Trinity, Manila, and Valentina. Okay. And I'm pretty sure I'm completely off the mark. Um, because I haven't seen any spoilers yet. You'll, mm-hmm. you'll tell me about those off mic. Okay. But, cause I'm not afraid of spoilers, but I wanted to watch the first episode cold. Yeah. And I just, I just feel like, you know, to me, the winner, the, the, the person who really needs to be the winner of this show is Manila. Mm-hmm. I think that she is, as much as I am like a 100% stand for Latrice, mm-hmm. I think Manila is way more versatile. Mm-hmm. And I think she stands for the history of drag in a way that the bitches need to understand. What a perfect note to end it on. Well, that concludes this week's episode of the RuPaul's Drag Race Recap Show. Join us next week and every week as Larry and I continue to discuss, dissect, and deconstruct each brand new episode of RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars Season 4. Until then, for Larry Flick and myself, do you want to say it, Larry? Chante away. Sure. Until next time? Is that it? Well, look, it's going to be it for now. That's what it is. (laughs) Oh my god, what's this? Oh, you haven't heard this? Try and guess what it is. Want to share your thoughts about Drag Race? Email us at dragracerecap at gmail.com. Listen to Larry Flick every weekday on his celebrity interview show In Depth via Sirius XM On Demand. Follow Larry on Twitter and Facebook at Larry Flick for free listening links. He can also be heard every weekday morning on Studio 54 Radio. Follow Joe Batanz on Instagram and Twitter at Joe Batanz. The outro music was written by Lucian Piani and arranged and performed by Alex Lefebvre. You can find Alex Lefebvre on Instagram at Alex Lefebvre Music. That's A-L-E-X-L-E-F-E-V-R-E-M-U-S-I-C. For up-to-the-minute news about the show, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash dragracerecap and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at dragracerecap. You can also support the show at patreon.com slash dragracerecap. Finally, to find all of our old episodes, visit our website at dragracerecap.com.